This episode of Bomber Breakdown is brought to you by Beckham Trout. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Bomber Breakdown. Oh, oh, oh man, wow, what a weekend. Um, Malcolm, the Twins had their first three spring training games, um, and oh, baseball is back. It is, and it's just so fun to see everyone out there. Just clips of MLB players, players all around the league, just out on the diamond doing their thing, playing baseball. It's so much fun. We made it through the winter. I've said that like three, four, three or four times now. Every episode feels like I'm saying we made it through the winter, but even more so now. It's 45 out today. It's barely going to drop below freezing tonight, and it's supposed to be 57 a week from Sunday, from this past from oh. this past Sunday. So around the time you're listening to this episode, probably it's going to be in the 50s. And wow, man, I just want to go outside and play some baseball, Max. For sure, same. Um, really looking forward to it. Usually we have um, kind of a wet, like slushy March, and then all of a sudden in April we just get dumped on with like feet and feet of snow. Um, but, you know, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, ho- let's just hope that doesn't happen this year. But the Twins um, played their first three games, like I said. Um, the first one was on Sunday against the Boston Red Sox, and the Twins started off their 2021 spring training undefeated of course i mean you know there's no doubt that this was going to happen um but yeah any real standout performances there um uh, so the game was seven to six um the twins the the red sox who they were playing had 11 hits twins only had six but the twins still managed to pull out the win thanks to some timely hitting a big five run second inning which was actually cut short they called a mercy rule because it's spring training the teams decided this year that if their pitcher had thrown enough innings or throwing off pitches that day, and they didn't want to, they didn't want to like have to warm up a reliever in a hurry or anything because you're not trying yeah, to rush anyone. Over. They just called the inning over. So Snow hit a two run double and they just called the inning over and it actually broke like the MLB at bat app. The app just broke and it wouldn't log anything from the rest of the game because that inning never ended. Oh, it was really funny. That happened to you too. Uh, but it was yeah. Snow with the big two run double that was good to see. Um, Kepler got a, got a hit. Garver got a hit and and a walk. That was that was the biggest performance for me. It was Mitch Garver going one for two with a walk, because he's the one who had a rough year last year. And he said now a lot of the trauma he had was just fans. He's a guy that's pretty low-key, so he relies on the fans a lot of his energy. And so that was a big impact on him. And also he just – he was hurt for part of the year, and he was never really fully healthy at any point. So it was a rough year for him. And if he can reclaim his 2019 form, that would be a huge step for the Twins. Um, And that's why I, I – I was just going to yeah, go on started. the mound. Smeltzer pitched two innings, allowed one run. Uh, Robles yeah. pitched a clean inning. Rogers, Duffy, and Stashak all pitched. Hamilton pitched our new waiver claim. So we got to see a lot of the arms we're going to see in big spots throughout the year. And some of them did well and some of them did not. And I'll let you get into that a little bit, Max. Yeah. Um, thanks, Malcolm. Uh, so, again, like, like you were saying with Mitch Garver, I just – people underrated him. I mean, people underrate everybody on the Twins – but um, I, I kind of like where some of these, like, you know, fan pages who are, like, making these um, rankings of, like, catchers, for example, are going. They're, like, putting catcher or Garber as, like, a top 10, some even, like, top five catcher in the league because he is. 2019, 2018 wasn't great. 
um, pretty or, or 2018 was pretty good. 2019 was insane. One of the best seasons from a catcher ever. Then 2020 was bad. Again, he's injured. He played 23 games. The games that he did play, he was there with fans. He was playing some of those games partially hurt. He just wasn't – he never got into the groove, you know, starting up the season. Everybody was bad the first few games. So, overall, Garver just, um, you know, he just, you know, never got into the groove during the season. And that's fine because, again, like he said, fans were a big deal with that. But then, again, to see him, you know, he rocked the ball on uh, on Sunday. And I think – did he play again today or was that yesterday? I don't know. Did we'll get into that as we get forward more. Um. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyways, yeah, it was super fun to see um, a bunch of different pitchers go out there. Smeltzer did pretty good. You know, he uh, two innings, gave, gave up a run, but then Robles came in, um, kind of got knocked around, but didn't end up giving a run. Same with Rogers. Duffy, though, uh, 0.2 innings, three earned runs um, before Tom Hamaker got that final out. Um, and then Cody Seishak, an inning, two earned runs, and then Ian Hamilton comes in, and wow, what an inning. He walked one but two strikeouts. Um, so again, Duffy and Stashak are the two takeaways where they just did not do very well. And that's not something where it's like, Oh, by the way, now Tyler Duffy sucks. And so does uh, Cody Stashak. They're both Tyler Duffy's probably arguably, in my opinion, he's a top five, definitely reliever in the game. And Cody Stashak has the potential to be a top 10 reliever in the game this year. Um, but Overall, uh, just, you know, wasn't their day. Again, getting into it. It's really getting into the groove. Some people settle in really fast. Some people have been here for longer. Um, so it's just really settling in. But anyways, the Twins ended up winning 6-7. to seven. And like Malcolm like Malcolm was saying um, with the uh, 20 – so how it works with the – how you can, like, advance to the next inning is if you are pitching, and, for example, your pitcher is thrown – it's 25 or more pitches – and, you know, he's getting knocked around and you're like, hey, I don't want to put him into a bad position. He's not throwing strikes. We don't have that many guys in the bullpen. You can roll over the inning and it just goes to the next inning. Because any other team just, you know, they don't care. It's whatever. It's, you know, you don't want the game. You don't want one inning to take three hours and for it to be a bunch of four pitch walks because that's what's been happening. It's been sloppy baseball. Um, and again, that's not because these players are bad. It's just because, you know, it's spring training. That was the first day that these guys have played a regular major league game in a, in a while. Yeah, they haven't. I mean, this is their first game action since last September, the end of last September or the beginning of October. Like, it's been quite a while since they faced other major leaguers. And so it's a big adjustment. With uh, Duffy and Stashak, I wouldn't be too concerned about, like Max was saying, we know they're good guys. Is a little worrisome to see him struggling purely because their guys we're going to rely on this year. Like, if we're going to have a good year, it's going to be because those guys are big parts of it. We, I mean, not, not like as a team, but as a bullpen. We've talked a lot about how we think this bullpen is underrated, but a big part of that is we think that Stashak and Duffy are both better than a lot of people give them credit for. If they're not, that could be a bad sign. I'm really assuming that they're going to turn that around and find it again. They are both have incredibly good stuff and control. And they, it just wasn't their day. All right, so I think we're going to move on to the next day now. Um, the Twins beat the Rays 6-5 to five to go to 2-0 and in the spring training season. Arise let off. He went one for two with a walk. Looked just peak Arise. He had, the walk was a bases-loaded walk. He worked with 3-2 count, had an eight-pitch battle, and fouled off two pitches. One was at 98, and the other was at 100 with two strikes and then ended up working a walk. It was it's what we love to see from Arise. A sprinkler looking like he's ready to go. 
from day one. For sure. That was such a good at bat. Um, and again, we were listening to it on the race network because the only way, like place we could actually find out what was happening because they turned off game day because it was on the Twins radio and it was on Twins TV. Um, and so it was just um, on the race radio network and they were just like, man, this guy just will not go down. And then 3-2, he takes a pitch barely below the knees at 100-ish or, you know, around that range. He takes a pitch barely below the knees for ball four and an eight pitch at bat. He just takes it. He takes it. It's insane what the guy does. Um, so it was really fun to see that. Um, he's also a fun following Insta. You know, me and Malcolm know that. Shouted us out on his story. <clears throat> but that's not the point. Um, Luis Arise, you know, so fun, so good. Um, and then what else here happened? Oh, Brent Rooker went yard. Um, that was early in the game. I think that was like the second inning. He went um, – very deep. Who else had a good game? Andrew Romine. We just picked him up over the offseason, didn't we? Yeah. He had a he had a good game. Two for three. Uh, did he go deep? Who else? I feel I feel like somebody else went no, deep in this game. There's just the wait. There was another home run. Um, it was Kyle Garlick, who's another waiver Kyle claim Garlick this year. Right. He's a always been a big power guy in the minors, and he's never been able to make enough contact in the majors, but. I'll be curious to see, again, with Romine and Garlic, those are guys who, with if we have a number of injuries this year, the way we have the last few years, those are guys who you'll see. Um, we There's always the guys you call it midseason who you are like, who is this guy? And you're like, oh, maybe we saw him a little bit in spring training. These are going to be some of those guys. Garlic, if we have an injury with one of our corner outfielders or Cruz goes down or something, he could get some time as corner outfielder DH. And Romine um, – We'll talk a little bit later about how Anderson Simmons doesn't show up to camp. I don't expect that to delay him, but if it does, he could even be on the opening day roster. But if not, at some point during the year with some middle infield injuries, he's probably one of our top two options, at least, to fill in that job. Um, on the pitching side, Lewis Thorpe looked great. There's been a lot of talk about how he has gotten to way better shape sauce. He's coming to camp throwing harder than he did all year last year. He went two innings. One walk, one hit by pitch, but no hits, no runs, two strikeouts. That was great to see. Then we had Juan Manaya pitched terribly. He couldn't find the plate, walked three guys, had two hits, allowed three runs in just a third of an inning. And Sean Anderson didn't look good. He threw one inning but allowed two runs on two hits and two walks. Other than that, everyone pitched pretty well. Um, the Anderson thing's a little concerning for me. Because I, I really liked that pickup. That was a trade for Lamont Wade. Sure. And I thought that he would um, – I thought he was going to be a piece of our bullpen this year that was going to surprise some people. Um, it's not someone we're, like, relying on to be good, but I was hoping to see him do better. But the Manaya one, that was – he's a veteran who's been around for a while, and the Twins are hoping that he could reclaim someone we used to had. But it I don't know. It still could be there again. Like we said, it's the first outing of the year for most of these guys. For some of these guys, their first game competition almost two years because of how last year got shut down. So, or in a year and a half, anyway. Yeah, so, sure. it's obviously you can't take put too much stock into any of these performances. It's just like we, we talk about small sample of last year. This is one or two games, but just big struggles are concerning. For sure. Um, and I want to go back to like touch on what you said about uh, Lewis Thorpe. So what happened last year – so he was one of the Twins' top – if you don't know too much about him, one of the t- Twins' like most hyped-up pitching prospects after we got him. And, you know, he was he just tore his way through the minors, had a really good fastball, really good curveball, um, just, you know, really good stuff. 
Um, his, you know, he didn't have overwhelm an overwhelming fastball or anything. He sat around like 93, 94. Um, but then he said, and he admitted this, you know, he was saying in 2019 or 2020, I'm sorry, I was foolish. I was lazy. And he dropped his fastball velocity dropped down to like 88, 89. And he just was not as good. Then 2020 worked so much. His fastball was clocked around 92, 93, um, two innings. No hits, a walk, and two strikeouts in two innings for Lewis Thorpe. That's great to see. And, again, um, I think what you have to realize is people – like, the people that are coming up here, um, like, that you're seeing play for, like, offense, they're good enough to make some major league rosters. And so that's why they're hitting a lot of – like, Tyler Duffy, he's not just going to go, you know, strike at every guy on three pitches because they're good enough to where they can hit Tyler Duffy. It's just, you know – I noticed he, his stuff wasn't terrible. It was just – it wasn't his best, and, um, you know, they took advantage of it. But I want to touch on also Luke Farrell is another guy that the Twins – how did, did – did the Twins pick him up this I offseason? believe he was a, oh. a pick up, a minor league signing, but I'm not sure about that. Um, yeah, so anyways, Luke Farrell, he struck out all three guys that he saw, and that was really fun to see. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, overall not – too many crazy takeaways except that the twins still undefeated then today the twins tried to keep it up and they got shut out by the atlanta braves um of course on the offense if there's a shutout there's not too many like big you know things to touch on buxton went one for three but he lined out he or he hit the ball kind of hard a few times um anything anybody else on the offensive side you want to touch on i guess miguel sano struck out twice and he just did not he wasn't really locked in today, but again, the first game we saw him rip a double. He was on it on Sunday. So. Yeah, offensively it was a struggle. The strikeouts from Snow, you're just gonna have to live with. We, I mean, that's you'll take. You don't want to take the strikeouts, but if they happen, you'll take it with the power. He's gonna crush the ball when he hits it. So there's gonna be some strikeouts. Other than that, no one had a great game really. No one had more than one hit. Estadio got a hit, so that was fun, and he walked, which is very rare for him. So that's something. Um, other on the pitching side, the starter was Charlie Barnes, who's someone who we likely won't see in the majors. Um, not really a great guy. Not I'm not saying anything about him as a person. Not a great pitcher, but he's he's just a depth guy. He'll play in AAA probably. He got to go out there two innings, allowed two runs on two hits and a walk. So it was a little unlucky. Just let up a home run. Not like he got knocked around the way some of the guys have. But it wasn't great. This was – none of these guys are guys that are probably going to start the year in the majors. A lot of them will contribute at some point. But Danny Columbe, um, Ian Gibbo, Brandon Waddell, Derek Law, uh, just some guys that we talked about over the offseason as potential contributors. And, I mean, for them, these games matter a lot because they're trying to win a spot on the team and prove that they deserve a chance to play at some point during the year. Yeah, and I definitely think that could happen for some of these guys. You know, Derek Law looked really – or um, Brandon Waddell looked really good. Um, uh, Colome let up a couple of runs. That was kind of uh, tough to see. But, again, you can't just say that Tyler Duffy, Danny Colome, Cody Stashak, that these guys are going to suck. Because it's obvious that they're not going to – or not obvious that they're not going to. Um, but, you know, they're not they're, they're not going to suck. If you just look at what's happened over the past couple of years – um, you know, some guys like just have terrible spring trainings, but have really, really good seasons. Like even just looking at their stats, spring training stats for 
um, you know, spring, spring training stats for Mike Trout, nobody cares about them, right? But everybody looks at those regular season stats because that, those are like the juicy, like drool worthy stats. Um, and also because, you know, spring training doesn't matter. It's just, it's literally, it's literally a warm up. That's all it is. It's like you're scrimmaging with some friends. Um, so again, the Twins, uh, you know, two and one so far. Uh, again, record doesn't really matter. It's just really fun to see some guys out there. Tomorrow, the Twins' first televised game for all of you in Minnesota. It'll be on Fox Sports North. We're playing the Red Sox again at home. Uh, who starts Jose Brios on the Hill. Brios on the um, Hill. We're expecting nice. Nelson Cruz to make a spring training debut because Rocco said it would come at some point this week. Um, and this seems like it'll likely be uh, tomorrow or Thursday, which when you're hearing this, that may have already happened. But Wednesday and Thursday, Cruz and Donaldson are going to make their debuts at some point in those couple games most likely, and we don't know exactly when, but the guess is Wednesday for Cruz, Thursday for Donaldson, and it'll just be good to see both of them out there. The veterans who are, if all go, who, if everyone just plays their expectations, are going to be probably the two best guys in this lineup. Um, but I, that's enough talk about spring training games. We've got a little bit more, we've got a little bit of bad news we need to talk about, and that's Royce Lewis, Twins' top prospect. He tore his ACL. Apparently happened a few weeks ago, and once he came into camp, he got an MRI. Found out it was torn. A, just a crushing blow for the Twins and Royce Lewis. He was getting close to majors, and it was getting to the point where we were wondering if he would be up at some point this year. And I think I was honestly expecting him to be the opening day shortstop starting next year because we signed into Simmons the one-year deal. But this is going to really set that back, seeing as he hasn't played above single A because of the – alternate site last year, and then now he's going to miss this whole year. It's going to really set back his development. Yeah, it, this is just a tough break for him, man. I suppose he's between second um, pro, t- uh, number two prospect now, uh, right behind Kirilov. Super flashy player. We saw him last year in spring training. He mashed the ball. Oh, man. And then he didn't get a chance in the majors. You know, he's still in single A because he's young. Um, and then we saw him at like high A, I think, and um, again, then 2020 was the 2020 season was canceled. I think that if 2020 and 2021, or if 2020 were to happen and this doesn't happen and 2021 doesn't happen, or like you know he doesn't get injured, he could be the starting shortstop even like now, depending on how his 2020 season would have went. But he's he's going to be good, you guys. Just this really pushes it back. I could I could see him getting his plan like his first amount of bulk playing time in 2023 because 2022 he's not going to get a crazy amount of playing time I don't think he might get some but the fact that you miss an entire year due to your ACL it's going to take a while to, to build back up even in the minors so he might not even make an appearance until 2023 um just really pushes things back it sucked to know that in two years is the first time we might be able to see again um Royce Lewis but uh, we've got some other exciting prospects coming up. You know, Trevor Larnick. We've got, obviously, Juan Duran, Jordan Blazovic, both of whom I'm really excited to see in spring training. Um, those those guys are definitely going to pitch a lot in spring training. That'll be so fun. They're going to be fighting for a spot in the rotation, to be honest. Duran could probably get some time in the bullpen even in 2020 so or in 2021, and I think they'll both – they could even both be in the rotation by 2022. Uh, again, we'll really see – but uh, what do you want to, you know, touch on here, Malcolm? I want to go back to Lewis a little bit and just, I mean, it really stinks for him. He's a guy who works super hard and he put in the work this offseason. He was hoping to make it to the majors this year. 
and it really stinks for him. He, the Twins reported that surgery went successfully a couple days ago here in Minneapolis. He's now back in Fort Myers starting the rehab process, and just he's going to do whatever it takes to get back out on the field next year as soon as he can. But it's a really rough injury that sets you back a long ways, and it raises some questions about his future in the Twins organization. Because waiting another year means Twins going to have to sign a shortstop next year, and it's a really loaded class of free agent shortstops next year. But uh, most of them are guys who are going to be expecting five- or six-year deals that are going to be looking for long-term, uh, just big money long-term. And that's maybe that's something the Twins want to look into doing and saying, you know what, we're going to move Royce Lewis to center field or we're going to move him to third base. Because after an ACL tear, he's not going to be quite as quick, and he was never the best fit at shortstop to begin with. He's really fast, but he's a big, he's big for shortstop. And it's never been great as a great defensive shortstop. So I just wonder about what this does for his future in the organization. If he's going to move positions or if they're just going to sign Andrelson Simmons back to another one-year deal next offseason and plan to have Royce Lewis starting shortstop starting in 2023 the way they were planning on doing it in 2022 after this year. And I don't know. It's, these are lots of questions that we'll f- slowly find answers to over the next uh, really two or three years probably. But I'll be curious to see where this goes. For sure. Um, so I think just uh, right before we take a break, uh, we have just a couple other things. Uh, Jay Happ and Anderson Simmons were having a lot of trouble getting into um, spring training. Jay Happ actually tested positive upon arrival. And he, um, of course, you know, he quarantined and uh, he was asymptomatic. And so I remember last week we were talking, you know, he'll just be fine. And he is. Uh, he has recovered from the the virus and he is now at camp, he will probably start a couple games in spring training. He'll pitch definitely, and so that'll be really fun to see him. Our probably number four starter, or definitely our number four starter. And then, Malcolm, you want to talk a little bit about Andrelton Simmons? Um, first, just on Jay Happ, the Twins said yeah. today that with him getting into camp now, the plan is still for him to be in his first turn in the rotation. There was talk of they have two off days in the first week, so they there was talk of potentially skipping his spot and give him another week, which it's still possible to do that. It depends on how he progresses. But as of right now, the plan is for him to make the fourth start when it gets to that point. Um, so that's good news. That's what we want to hear, have a rotation ready to go. As far as Andrew Simmons, he's still having visa issues in the U.S. This is concerning. Um, reminds me a little bit of Fernando Romero last year. He was having visa issues getting in. But that's what we heard at the time anyways. And um, it he ne- ended up never making it. And he's someone who could have had an impact last year as either a starter or a reliever and it turned out for him there was more to it than that there was he apparently tried to smuggle some drugs into the country and that there wasn't actually a visa thing and I don't think Andrew Simmons is doing that but I do worry about how long it'll take to get him into the country and maybe we'll just put Polanco shortstop on opening day if Simmons isn't ready but it does really change some plans yeah for sure and it's just it annoys me I know it's not this simple but I'm like He's just like, look him up. He's been in the U.S. It's not like he's just like faking his, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's super dumb. It's like, you see, he's not at spring training right now. I wonder if this is the real Andrelton Simmons. Like, I never understood the big, like, issue with, like, the visas and stuff that's happening. I know Fernando Romero's was different, but the fact that he's having visa issues, man, that just sucks. And again, I know it's not his fault. It's probably, or maybe it is. I don't. We again, we don't. We know hope the it's not his fault. We hope it's just yeah some paperwork that needs to get done. And the Twins are doing what they can to try to help figure it out and get him in as soon as possible. We want to see him out there in a Twins uniform. 
it'll be really fun. I think we're going to go to a br- sure. go to a break. We'll be back with some predictions for Twins players this season. All right. Welcome back to second half of Bomber Breakdown. Um, we're going to get into a little bit of projections for some Twins for next season. I'm going to have Max try to guess who I picked, and he's going to have me try to guess who he had. And we're going to give you some numbers we expect these players to hit. I tried to be a little bit more reasonable this week after I went pretty high on Miguel Sano. Last week, I was, I'm was i really excited about Sano this year. This player I'm also really excited to see. I just don't think they have as much of a ceiling as Sano does. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was a good intro, Malcolm. That was good. I'm usually the one who takes this in, and I was just – I think you really lived up to it, so that's fun. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, – do you want to start or should I? Um, I think I'll get started because why not? Awesome. Sure. All right, I'm actually changing on the fly because I don't know why not. Um, all all right. right, so my player I have projected to get into 150 games, 150. um, and hit 29 home runs with a 268 batting average, a 356 on base, and a 490 slugging for an 846 OPS. I'm gonna have him getting 4.2 WAR. Oh boy! Okay. Which I realized after there, seeing, I was like a little less high on this guy than Sano. It's actually a higher WAR, but there is two players I have in mind. Let's hear them both. Kepler. Who's Kepler the second one? one? I want to hear them both. Garver. It's one of those. It's Max okay. Kepler. First one you said. Kepler. Okay, that yeah. was my original guess, and I was thinking it could be Mitch Garver because of the average and stuff, and that's like about what he hit in twenty nineteen. So. Never know. The numbers don't seem unreasonable for Garver, I don't think, but the playing time is. There's no way Garver's getting that's, 150 that's games. That's the thing. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that really got gives me. it to Kepler. Like, I feel like if Garver goes 268, 3649, I think that's reasonable expectations for him. Hitting yeah. 29 homers, I think it'll be a few less than that because it's a few less games. A little less war again because it's a few less games. But we'll make predictions for Garver later. I can still really see where you saw that. Yeah, Kepler. I've actually gotten with a little, I, after saying that, I, like I said, I realized I've gotten for a higher war total than Snow, but I think that's a defensive fact. Your Snow's like an average first baseman. His Kepler is one of the best right fielders in the league. The offensive numbers I have a little lower, slightly above his career norms for average on base percentage, a little lower slugging than he had in 2019. But other than that, it's about where he's been over the course of his career. I think the power's going to go down a little bit. It's just going to focus on getting on base because he's going to be batting leadoff. Or second, I think, a lot, especially against righties. And so I think he'll be trying to get on base and set the table for Donaldson, Cruz, Sano. And he won't hit for quite as much power. But I still think he's going to be a dangerous hitter. And 846 OPS is big, especially from a guy who's as good of a defensive right fielder as him. And I think he's going to get into a lot of games. Even though we talk about the Twins' corner outfield depth, if Buxton's hurt a lot and Kepler can play center field, if Buxton goes down, I think that he's just a reliable guy who is – Played, he played in 150 games in 2018. He played in 135 in 2019. So a few less than that, but not much less. He was hurt a little bit last year, but I feel like he's, for the most part, been fairly reliable at staying on the field. I think he'll get into a lot of games this year, and he'll be the most constant guy in our lineup. For sure. And I think that's uh, – exactly. I think that's very um, – that's not as optimistic as we we were definitely last week. And um, you know, you think again. That's like I feel like that's very realistic, and so I like those numbers. I think, um, you know, you look at the like for example, we've been comparing the Twins to the Red Sox a lot, but you look at their right fielder. They've got what Adam Eaton, Adam Angle too, I guess. Yeah. Whatever, like, 
Lori Garcia, I guess. He's played infield on that field, though. But anyways, they, they don't have a very stacked no, – no, like, none of them are going to be ever as good as Max Kepler. And because Max Kepler is, you know, he's a good player. You look at what he did in 2019, he was very good. Mashed 36 homers, his average dropped um, – his average didn't drop, but his average was, you know, 252. Highs of his career, 20th in the MVP, but he's so good defensively, too. Very underrated outfield in the outfield defensively so him and boxing paired out we've got probably the best one of the best infields defensively you know Sano's all right Polanco is going to be good defensively and you know obviously Simmons and Donaldson and now you've got Buxton Kepler uh Kirloff is pretty good defensively or he's not great he's average, a actually. little above average I think because he's young and yeah he won't age and then obviously great. but Jeffers and Garver are going to be good defensively so we've got a very good defensive team now um, but again, you know, I like those numbers. And so I'm going to go on to mine. I will not spoil it last time I did that. Um, but I have got my, you'll kind of guess it, I think, once they even just read out the first slot, uh, stat line. But uh, this is a little bit high. I think I'm still going to be optimistic this week, and I'll probably settle down a little bit next week. But I've got my guy hitting 345 um, in 110 games. I think that's a little bit high. Um, it's I'll go down to like. 90 to 100 we'll see um hitting seven homers a 2.2 war slashing a 345 412 425 um slugging and then ops of 837 and okay, so yes you're right two guys i could conceivably see having that season and only one of them's gonna play in 110 games you know who the yeah. other guy that could have that season is oh la tortuga the seven home ah. runs <laughs> and the high batting average the trick yeah. is he's not gonna have that high of an on-base percentage but yeah, the low true. power, high on average, those two guys both do it as well as anyone in baseball. They're not striking out. Mm-hmm. The trick is Arise manages not strike out, and also he walks really high rates. And that's right. such a deadly combination to have. That's rare. The, usually the high contact guys are the guys who don't. Um, can you read off the slash line again for Arise? The slash line was 345 batting average, which, again, it's high, but it's Luis Arise. I can see him having a really good year. Um, a 412 on base percentage and then a 425 slugging. Yeah, I don't think um, it's unreasonable at all. Like, to have, I, I mean, like, I it's maybe a little high to have him going through 45, but that's not that far oh, yeah. what he's done so far in his career. Yeah. And usually guys like yeah, sophomore slump in their second year, so in, and then they bounce back in their third year. So if he's better in his third year than he was in his second year, 345 is right. unreasonable at all. Let's look at what he did in 2019. His slash on was 334. I have mine at 345. His on base was 399 minus 412. His slugging was 439. I have mine lower. I have mine at 425. I see him as hitting a little bit less doubles and mainly just hitting a bunch of singles. You know, I mean, he can definitely go deep. He can hit some doubles, maybe even triples. But um, I can see him being like an 837 to 850, 860 OPS guy. Um, he'll be a very above average. You, he'll be an above average player, and he's going to be our utility guy, Malcolm. Twins are good, by the way. Yeah, that just kind of they're really, really good, and that's what we keep talking he, about. He got the six... depth there. The fact that we're projecting yes. two guys who don't aren't like the the twins were highest on. We love. I mean, right. Kepler and Rise are two of my favorite twins, but not the twins I think are going to have the best years this year. And we've got them having eight fifty OPSs. And what did you say the WAR was for Rise? Uh, two point two, and that's in one hundred ten games. That over full season is closer to a little over three. They've just got so many guys who are three to four WAR players that that's yeah. just so so valuable to have the depth, the depth, the depth. We keep talking about it, and it's because it's so important for a baseball team, and the Twins do it as well as anyone. And that's something else too. Uh, 
Luis Arias quietly had a rookie, uh, got sixth in the rookie of the year in. But that was a partial season, too. We, yeah, in 92 games, we didn't even like talk. Why did we? I feel like we didn't talk about that very much, but he got sixth in the rookie of the year. Luis Arias, a guy who played 92 games. What happened is he, he, he reminds me of Juan Soto, not in the sense that he's that good, but he doesn't have the um, power of Soto, but. No, not I, I'm not saying in like the playing style, but in the sense of he went up to AAA, and Soto was there for like a week or like ten days or whatever. Arias was there for like I forgot it was not long at all, but he was up there, and then they needed him in the majors, and so he came up for a little bit, and he was hitting, and he hit, and he hit, and man, did he hit! Oh, yeah, so fun. He had pretty he got lucky with the timing the, almost the because Nick, yeah. Nick Gordon, the Twins, who probably would have been the backup option ahead of a rise had just gotten hurt right before the opportunity was there at the major league level when scope went down. So it was just like, he got, he timed it perfectly where he came up and all of a sudden he was the best guy for the job. Like if it would, if the injury would have happened a few weeks earlier, a few weeks later, he probably wouldn't have gotten the chance. And, but the, once he got the chance, he just kept hitting. And if you're hitting, they can't take you out of the lineup. Like that's, if you're a rookie, all you got, if you, and you want to stay in the lineup, you just got to be successful and they won't take you out. That was, he basically Wally Pip or he was the Lou Gehrig to Jonathan Scope's Wally Pip. That's an old baseball reference, but Gehrig came in. The Yankees first baseman got hurt, and they brought in Gehrig one day, and then the Yankees first baseman came back, and they're like, well, Gehrig's better, and he lost his job. Like, as, when the rookie comes in and they succeed, then they just replace the veteran. They All of a sudden, the veteran doesn't play anymore. So, Arise timed it perfectly and got an opportunity. He's really made the most of it, and I'd love to see him keep doing that because he's, like you were saying earlier, he's, he's at bats are the most fun at-bats to watch because he never takes that bat lightly. He goes up there every time and just will not strike out and is going to find some way on base, whatever it is. Right, and we saw – we saw – again, we we like we were just talking about like 10, 15 minutes ago about how good Arise's um, at-bat was where he like took that – like an A-pitch at-bat, he just fouls everything off. It was constantly – it was like – are That's one of the best pitches in the game like, in Tyler Glasnow. He's got some of the filthiest exactly. stuff in the league. It, exactly. It's Tyler Glasnow who I'm I'm really high on Glasnow. I think he's going to have a great year. He's got a nasty, nasty, nasty curveball. Um, he's got like a filth of a fastball. Um, there's a super, super hard. And Arise, it, like I thought I was watching it on like loop for the net for the last like 15 seconds. I was like, did I accidentally press like 15 seconds rewind? Because it was like, and here's Arise now. And he fouls it straight back. And it did that like 30 times. I was like, what is going on? But just Luis Arise adjusts to every pitch and he just fights it off. And then finally, either he gets a pitch that he likes, gets a pitch that he can bloop in, um, or he gets a pitch that, um, you know, he doesn't need and he spits on it. Like he did. He spit on, he just, it was a ball right just below the knees. It could have been called a strike almost, but he knows it's a ball. I love the way he shakes his head. First. It's, I know, he I just love it. that. He's like, I'm missing that. Tomorrow, I hope he starts so that it can be like, you can just see him take a ball and he's like, no, no, no. And I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. All so, right, we could sit fun. here and extol the virtues of Luis Arise all day long. <laughs> and we probably will once we stop recording. But in the meantime, yeah. we should talk a little bit about some other guys. And what we think the season they're going to have is we're going to do some pitchers now. I think I'll let you start it off with pitchers and remember to not say the name. <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to say that. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, my guy is going to – let's see. Okay, so for games, I just got to look up his previous stats to 
make sure make sure I have them here. Okay, I've got him in sixty five games. Okay. All right. All right. Or, no, it's a reliever. No, sorry. No, sorry. Fifty five. Either way, or, it's a reliever. Or, yeah, in the fifties It's not a starter unless yeah. it's Old House Radborn. I know right. some of you were probably well, confused by that last week. We should talk a little bit. We just figured we're going to start dedicating our episodes to some oh, people yeah. because we thought it would be fun. Just mention some people that you should think about and people that are cool and people that we just like th- that we were thinking about that week and we thought you should too. And Old House Radborn was someone who he started like 65 games one year and won like 60 of them. And it was worth 19.1 more. We talk about how great Mike Trout is. His best season, he was about 10 more. That's just a little bit more than half of what um, Old House Radborn put up in one season. And that was like his MVP season, Trout's MVP season. So he was a guy who he had like a total of a 10-year career and only two of the years were great years. But those two years he combined for 32 war in two seasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, Josh Radborn, uh, 1884, 75 games started, started 73 of them, 60 and 12. Uh, and also, oh, you know, casual 1. Uh, 1.38 ERA to go along with it. Uh, imagine doing that. He had more combined nine two two whip. He had That's more combined crazy. complete games than all of the guys who have led the league in complete games combined over the last twelve years. Yeah, you take the guy who had the most complete games over twelve full seasons, and it doesn't add up to how many Old House Radborn had in one it's season. Seventy three complete games. It's insane. And just go if go look at his baseball reference page. You will be amazed. We that's were. just something that's never going to happen again, you guys. I hope you know. Oh, yeah, no. That was know. a whole other – We can serve pitchers. That was a different sport, basically, that they were playing back yep. then. But it's still just – That was 150 years ago. Crazy. It's not happening. And it's fun to just um, look at how great he yeah. was. And sorry about the tangent, but that was just a fun little thing. <laughs> yeah, that kind of shows you me and Malcolm kind of get off and, um, on random tangents. But it's fun, you know. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, so, again, my guy um, is going 62 games. I've got him at a 2.55 ERA. In 72 innings, 15 saves, and a whip at .980. This is made Taylor Rogers. Oh, bingo. Bingo. That was yeah, nice. I was I between like I, the only people I thought could be really were Rogers and Duffy. Since we did yeah. call him a last week, I figured it was either Rogers or Duffy. And I just thought that sounded more like Taylor Rogers to me. I don't know. I yeah, I think that sure. that's pretty reasonable for Taylor Rogers. I think his chance doesn't get into quite that many games. Or that, yeah, I know. That's why I lowered it to 62, and I was thinking even lower. Yeah. But, yeah, he's really good. If you look at his 2019, he's one of the best closers in baseball. And I think the 15 saves is about reasonable. We were talking last week. We said I gave Colomay about 15. I think it was uh, 17 saves, I guess I have it here. You had Raj with 15, and we said there'd be combined like 45 saves among Twins pitchers, probably 45 to 50 saves available. And I yeah. think that, that those guys are going to count between the two of them for the majority of the saves. Right, right. Yeah, and that's why that's why he saves like he saved thirty games last season or twenty nineteen, I mean. Um, and the reason it's fifteen is because he's gonna split a lot of those with Colome, Robles, probably some Duffy too. He's there you know, they're all gonna get split time. And I just yeah. think I can see Rogers going more than one inning because he's not gonna be the only closer. He was kinda like their our primary closer in twenty nineteen when he got which is why he got so many saves. He had sixty innings. And, you know, he's averaged, you know, just about 60 or he's averaged just about 67 innings per year. And I have him at 72. I'm going a little bit higher just because I can see him getting more than one inning per like not per outing, but a little bit more than an inning a few times in the year. So that's just me. And I think that's, of course, I'm 
high on Taylor Rogers for this year. A big bounce back season, I think, is headed his way. And his his 2020 season wasn't egregious. He had a 4.05 ERA. His ERA, he was above average reliever. He had a 109 ERA plus. He just got hit a lot, a 1.5 whip, which, again, he just got hit a lot. The home run ball wasn't crazy. It was about what 2019 was. Um, you know, his strikeouts per nine were about where they were. His walks per nine went up a little bit, but it, it was just, he just let up a lot of hits. And everything fell. Like it was, the contact oh. always went in. Like he would throw a good no slider and get a guy jammed and the ball would just fall in between third base and the shortstop and left fielder. And that's just yeah. tough luck. You can't really control as a pitcher because half and 90% of the time that's caught and 10% of the time it's going to fall. And he just happened to hit that 10% more often than you expect him to. That's why if you if you look at what he did in 2019, he had a fifth of that's like fielding independent pitching. That's like if you factor out um a lot a lot anyway, the balls in play. Explain. Yeah, the balls in play. Um, basically, it's like if you look at anything that doesn't rely on fielders, um, it is he had a 2.85 FIP in 2019, in which he was one of the best relievers in baseball. Um, and then in 2020, he had a 2.84 FIP. So it's he had a very similar season. People, just, he just got very, very unlucky. I honestly think he had one of – like, he had about the same season he did in 2019. It was just, you know, he was a little bit worse, I guess. But, you know, regression is always due for a guy who has that good of a season. Um, He just, you know, he just got very unlucky. And I think that's going to happen to a guy. And, uh, you know, I just hope his luck kind of comes back. And I hope the Twins' luck comes back in general. Yep. Um. All right. I uh, guess I get to do my guy now. I've got yep. him pitching in 17 games, 69 okay. innings pitched, a 3.92 ERA, and a 1.110 whip. I just realized I didn't put wins on there. I'm going to give him six. Okay. Can you give me his innings again? 69 innings games. pitched in 17 games. Okay. And then – Okay. Huh. This is so 17 games. Um, I'm just trying to think of who that could be. You got any names you have in your head at first? Just some guys you're thinking about? Well, I kind of do. I'm just trying to – here, give me his ERA. ERA uh, I have a 3.92 ERA. 3.92 ERA. And a 1.11 whip. Oh, wins? I had – I think I said yeah. six. I didn't write it down, but I just decided six that. wins. Oh, man. Um, okay, wow. I I want to say there are a few guys I've got in mind. I want to say Matt Shoemaker. Is that who you're going with? Um, sure, that'll be my first guess. It is Matt Shoemaker, yeah. It is. I've gotten nice. 69 innings pitch is pretty low for 17 games from a starter. Yeah. But the trick for me is I think he's going to start about 12 games, and then he might get hurt, or they might just replace him with Dobnak or Duran. Or maybe they'll go sign over to Rizzi if he's still available at midseason. I don't know. But I think that at some point he'll get moved out of the rotation for a little while. I think it's most likely because he'll get hurt. He'll make about 10 to 12 starts and then get hurt. I don't know when the injury is going to happen. That's just like – I feel like that's a middle estimate for me. But I think if he's not hurt, like, way too bad – there's a chance he comes back at the end of the season, but at that point you've already got like Dobnak cemented in, or you brought up Duran and he's pitching, and they might put him in the bullpen for a few games for four or five and have him do like two inning outings with a guy with his kind of stuff um, and his effectiveness. Putting him in as a reliever who's going to get you two innings at a time could actually be really useful. So I think he'll have a few outings like that at the 
end of the year. For sure. Um, I can see that happening. Again, I think Matt Shoemaker, oh, man, when he's been healthy, he's been good. Uh, he's consistently good, too. It's not just like he's been – like had that one year where it's like 1.0 ERA. It's been – it's been like consistently in the mid threes of ERA. And so I, I agree, Malcolm. I think a three nine two ERA is definitely fitting for a guy like Matt Shoemaker. Um, it's just and I think okay, say he gets hurt, which I don't want to call it inevitable, but he, you know, it seems very looking likely. at what is happening, it seems very likely. Look at you've got Randy Dobnak, you've got Lewis Thorpe, who might even break the starting position anyways. You've got Lewis Thorpe, Randy Dobnak, Devin Smeltzer, John Duran, Jordan Blazovic, five other guys that can fill in there. And so I think that's a good amount of games for Matt Shoemaker. So I like it. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm excited for his season too. And he, um, when is, when is he going to be playing a lot? I could have gone lower with the ERA. Did I he... do think the Twins have some good stuff for him. I just think that he's getting up there and his stuff isn't what it once was. He is, it, yeah. It's still going to be effective. I just, I feel like about a four ERA, if you can get that from your fifth starter, and really he could very easily be the Twins' sixth or seventh starter by the end of the year. And that's a four ERA guy. That's ridiculously good. And that rotation depth is incredible. Um, And yeah, the 1.11 whip, he's always been a low whip guy. Even in his low, in his season where he didn't have as good of an ERA, his whip was around one. It's been just because he doesn't, he's been bitten a little bit by the home run ball, but he doesn't walk very many guys. He's a low walk guy. And that really helps with that. And he's just a really good pitcher. So I put that, it was a pretty low whip. Um, a decently high ERA, but still very good for fifth starter. I think that she makes him have a good year, but not a great year. Um, but for like we, I just I keep saying it because it's true. For a fifth starter, he's gonna be one of the best fifth starters in baseball. Right, and and I agree. I think the Twins have such an underrated team. We always talk about this. I feel like we're kind of trying to say like, hey guys, pity us and talk about how much you feel about it first. But we're we're really just trying to get like amped up like we're trying to get you guys amped up like guys we have a good team we have a good team i just want to like touch on again like really quick um the twins this is actually just news now there are rumors that the twins are interested in danny santana and eric sogard for a minor league deal danny santana who the twins actually used to be a twin starter and eric sogard who i hate eric Sogard because he broke up the no hitter he broke up no hitter this year that's exactly why if if we get eric sogard i'm done I'm a Yankees fan. Max. Or that's not true, but I, <laughs> you're a I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But no. That's a, yeah, you're a Twins I'll fan be, for life, Max. You better but be. Still, I don't know, man, I, I could can't do not. this podcast by myself. That's true. Um, but you, you get my point. I just do not want to sign Eric Silver. I'd be down for, like, you know, Danny Santana. But a minor league deal, that just shows you the Twins are willing to send a guy like Danny Santana to a minor league deal. He could get some playing time, I guess, but I don't think it would ever really happen. Um, it's almost even like an, a replacement for Lamont Wade once you think about it, because you know it's a a starter who pro- like a guy who probably wouldn't have gotten too much time in the bigs anyways, and so, um, you know it's really exciting uh, looking back on you know the off season and what happened and how the Twins could still be making a couple moves, and you know now that spring training is here, um, it's really time for you guys to get amped up for Twins baseball. I hadn't seen Danny Santana. That's really exciting to me. He was my favorite player back when he played for the Twins. Danny Santana was my favorite, Same. and I really, really like that sign for the Twins because we keep talking about how we need how we could have a spot on the bench for a guy, like a multi-position guy. Someone play the infield and outfield. Santana can play just about anywhere. He was primarily shortstop when he came up. Played center field for a few years. Um, he's played majority first base the past few years, but he can play third, short, second, first, left, center, or right field. He just can't catch or pitch. 
but that versatility is super useful and he's not a great hitter anymore he was his rookie year he batted like 309 i think it was and was like sixth in the rookie of the year voting um it had just a, a really good season but then it just it's never as good as it was that year but i still think that he's someone who's got a little bit to offer and from the positional versatility i would love to see him back because he was one of my favorites of all time and my favorite twin for a few years there for sure and um so yeah anyways you guys should be super excited for the twin season i also want to i'm not trying to steal your um outro and i'm not going to do the outro but i just want to say um, for future ideas, we do have the email that Malcolm will mention in a little bit. We So we have this email. You can also DM us on Instagram. We have Twitter. Talk about us there. You know, talk with us there. Add us. Um, yeah, add us. You know, do anything. And, um, you know, we'll be really pumped. We can talk. We can um, do We can do whatever. We're super excited to talk at baseball. Um, again, any suggestions that you want for the podcast? Like, for example, would you guys like to – we'll probably put a poll on, poll on, poll on Instagram. I'm sorry. Um about doing something like maybe me and Malcolm would watch a twins game together. And then we would talk about it as it's happening. You guys could watch at home and then we would be analyzing it and talking about some fun stuff. Cause we just can talk baseball for hours and hours. And so to have basically the podcast extended to like a three and a half hour Instagram live would just be pretty, pretty fun for me and Malcolm. And um, you know, would it, would you guys think it would be fun for you too? So again, that's just something to think about. Um, and that's why we'll be dropping things like polls and why you guys can comment on our Instagram posts and DM us and do whatever. Yep. All right. I have one more piece of MLB news. It's some happy news and some just great news that was bigger in the game of baseball this past week. Trey Mancini, who the whole last year was battling colon cancer, made his return to the Diamonds for the first time in a year and a half for the Baltimore Orioles in a spring training game this, this past week. And that was just really cool to see. Um, it's just, Happy to see him back out there. He's a really great player. And not only that, he's just a really great guy around the Baltimore area and just for the baseball community. So really happy to see him back out there. And uh, we wish him the best over the course of this next season. So I think that's going to do it for us today. Remember, you can find us on Instagram at Bomba underscore breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. You can find us on Twitter at Bomba Breakdown. We have an email. Bomba Breakdown at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Bomba Breakdown.